all-new Bearded CarCast coming to you live to tape or live to digital audio. Bojangles Coliseum, first round of the Big South Conference Tournament, the 7-10 game with high points and as the 7th seed, number 10 seed, Hampton Pirates. Right now it's the Pirates with a 21-14 lead. The winner of this game will play Winthrop, which is why we're here and why we're recording. This is the Bearded CarCast with Dave Friedman, our good buddy Reggie Walker joining us as well, and we welcome you in to uh, a tournament edition of the Bearded CarCast. It's been a while since we had a Bearded CarCast. I had a friend text me and go, you guys, like RIP Bearded CarCast? I said, <laughs> I, no, I, no. I had somebody text me as well. When is the last one we did? It's not on the way back from Longwood, is it? <sighs> Might be. But we had a lot of home games in that stretch too, though. Right, and then we had the, the two-game road quickies, trip yeah. to, to Gardner-Webb and Asheville. The Gardner-Webb game we drove with athletic director Chuck Ray. Yes. And then we... We went to Asheville separately because you spent a couple That's of right. days there. So it, it's been a while since we had a bearded car cast. When we yeah, it's been a while since we had a guest on the bearded car cast. So it's good to have Reg with us. I don't consider Reg a guest. He's just another guy to put a headset on. He's well, really he's kind of like the third, like the, he's like the the, four, the fifth beetle. He's like the, the third bearded <laughs> car cast guy. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, but I feel I feel. because you fit in, you I got the beard. I feel inadequate because yeah. my beard is a little bit different. I've got. I've got what we call the chin strap goatee situation. Okay, all right. Um, you guys have real beards, so um, I'm, I do your, use beard a beard care product yep, yep, yep. on my chin strap and goatee. Nice, but I don't have a full beard like you right. gentlemen do. What was the name of the uh, the three Stooges? The fourth one, Shemp. Shemp. I consider Red Shemp. <laughs> Shemp. He's better than Shemp. Come on. I'm calling him Shemp. I think that's a good name for him. No, I think it's more like. Um, Sammy Hagar joining Van Halen after David Lee Roth left. Yeah, I like Shump. I'll just be the extra temptation. How about that? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I so, can't dance like those guys or sing like them, but hey, I'll go with it. So Winthrop completed an unbeaten February right. and finished the regular season 14-2. and two, And because of the loss at Longwood, the fifth game in five days, a 92-88 loss. And, and let's be honest, Longwood was the better team that day. Sure. Longwood won the regular season title in the number one seed. Now, for many, many years, that would have been a really big deal. That would have right. meant that they hosted the conference right. tournament. Right. This year, it really doesn't mean anything. The top four seeds all get buys, and we're playing at this neutral site here in Charlotte. And quite honestly, and I mean, what do you think there are? There are 600 people here right now? Uh, maybe between 600 and 900. I mean, there, there's yeah. not going to be a big home court advantage. That's not to say that Winthrop isn't going to bring fans here, Longwood's not going to bring fans here, or who, whoever it is, but no one is going to have a, quote, home court. You're, you're not going to, you know, may, maybe the fans, if you bring a zillion of them, they're really loud, it's worth half of a point or, or a point or something like that. It's not going to be like that hostile home court environment. So basically... But I think if you filled like three or four, five sections behind your bench and everybody was loud, I think that would... Yeah, it, it'll right, help right? I think you'd be and able to hear that. Yeah, and I think it's going to happen uh, throughout the week. You'll see it in, in, in with some of the different programs. They'll bring enough. But to that point, I, I think you get to this time of year and teams are desperate. Teams are trying to find a way to keep their seasons alive. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, uh, they'll do a decent job of blocking that out. It'll help at times. Uh, but I'll be interested to see... Uh, who's able to sort of play through those moments throughout the week. I mean, it's fairly clear that during the regular season, that does not mean it's going to be the case in the postseason. During the regular season, Longwood and Winthrop were the two best teams. Right. A and I did not feel that the 
second place team or the first place team was 10 or 15 points better this year than the middle of the league. I mean, how many close games did both Winthrop and Longwood play? Well, now, everybody, yeah. Good teams win games, and, and those teams won those games. But well, the middle was a little bit higher, I think. Yeah, year. or the top was just lower, further down. Yeah. I mean, how, however you want to account for it. But, but the bottom line is, it feels like a, a, a semi open tournament. Now, already today, we saw UNC Asheville lose yeah. to Charleston Southern. And the news came out a couple hours ago. T tragic news. Dave Dickerson, the men's basketball coach at USC Upstate, his wife has been battling cancer for a very, very long time. She passed in the last day or two. Upstate is a team that it seemed like they peaked early right. in the season. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to say that they're not capable. They beat Gardner-Webb the final Saturday of the regular season. But with Asheville gone from that side of the bracket, Upstate, who I didn't think was as good the second half of the year as they were the first, right. and now who knows what it's like. I mean, you're a human being. You can't possibly be concentrating on every ounce of energy on a basketball game when your wife of a very, sure. very long time has been going through this horrible illness right. and then passes away the week of the conference tournament. It, it seems to me that Longwood's path to the championship game is, you know, manageable. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, obviously we would you know extend our uh, condolences to Dave Dickerson, who's I'm sure one of the greatest gentlemen, you know, in the conference. Yep. And, you know, we certainly, you know, want to start with that. And I'm sure our condolences mean a great deal to him. I would say, I mean, I know you say that like that, but I, I do. I think, it, I think it means something. I mean, it, it was a really tough deal. It was her second bout with cancer. Yeah. It was a long, prolonged thing. He didn't coach the team last year. It's been difficult. His son is on the team. Right. Anytime a COVID thing would pop up, he right. would isolate. I mean, it, it was a really, really hard situation. That being said, from a basketball perspective, I have a hard time imagining that that helps his basketball team. Well, it, I, I can say it from two angles. Uh, it can either really devastate his basketball team, and right. to your point, or can really be a rallying cry. Him, right, or it could be a rallying cry, which I think is going to be interesting because not only are these kids going to obviously play for their coach right. and their coach's wife, right, who, uh, if anybody that's ever been around sports knows, uh, the coach's spouses are mm -hmm. as much of a fabric of a program as those coaches are. Now, add to it, then you're talking about, right, what do these teams always talk about? Uh, their brother. Yeah. And, and right, family. Family, right? And so not only their coach, but their teammate slash brother, right, mm -hmm. uh, lost his mother. And so from that standpoint, uh, you, would, you would wonder, to Dave's point, does it impact them? Can they concentrate? Can they focus? Or uh, do they play lights out? And one of the things that I've, I've talked to a lot of athletes about over the years is sometimes when, when things are not exactly right, um, whether physically or mentally and emotionally, sometimes you, you're better about doing certain things more fundamentally sound and mm -hmm. more correctly. And oftentimes that can result in even better performance than normal. So that's the top of the bracket. The bottom of the bracket is Winthrop side of things where Gardner-Webb has had a, a good season. I still think they're one score short. And I understand that on Anthony, any day, one of their, their secondary or tertiary guys can, can have big games, but they don't consistently have the third guy. Now defensively, they are really, really stout. They're very well coached. They are tough. And, and we saw the game at the Coliseum was a really tight game that maybe Winthrop got a little bit lucky to win. The Eagles were much better than Gardner-Webb when they played in Boiling Springs. But Campbell 
is an interesting team. Well, they're they, falling apart. I, I don't really understand. We didn't play them. We, we played them at the very, very beginning of January and haven't seen them since. But they, they their record is bad. They're clearly not playing very well. But, but I think going part of the into thing the year, those were the two preseason picks to win the league. But I think with Campbell, I think part of the problem is with their style, if that's not a that's not a great style to play with when you're falling behind and you know a lot of these teams are going with the more up tempo shoot a lot of threes and if they're not matching buckets right. and they fall behind by 10 or 12 it's hard for them to climb back in it's uh, almost uh, like playing a wishbone team but against a spread offense but, but that's that's a potential concern for Winthrop the teams that have had the most success against Winthrop are the Slow ones that tempo yeah, them right. and, and whether it be Gardner Webb or Campbell or Presbyterian in a potential semifinal those are all teams that are not afraid to play the half-court long right. game. But, and what I like about it is, especially when you talk about a Gardner-Webb basketball team, is their ability to individually defend. And that's where it, right, because you know in these tournament situations, they've seen you enough times. And so guys understand, this is a high enough level of basketball. These guys understand what each guy can do. And so they know how to play them. And I think what's always interesting is, this is where coaches have to get creative in some of their defensive calls, whether it's the random, what we call sort of junk defenses or not. You have to get creative and, and give people something they haven't seen. If not, they get real comfortable. But when you can individually guard one through five consistently, the way Gardner-Webb generally has throughout the season, I think that makes them a threat. And to Dave's point, tempo is always a factor when you're playing back-to-back -back nights. Well, I think one thing in Winthrop's favor, though, is you know, and take away that five-game, ten-day stretch, because that's where two of the losses came from. And, you know, Longwood was was in that stretch. And Dave's right, they were the better team that day. And that's day. not easy for anybody. But I way. think the way they play can be difficult playing that style three straight games, three straight days, because they're relying on 12, 13, 14 threes a game. And, you know, we've seen Winthrop in the past with teams like that, and you get into that championship game and your legs are a little bit tired. Winthrop can go to Kelton Telford inside, that's DJ right. Burns inside. Right. You know, Chase Claxton's capable of giving you six or eight points. Well, and that's – you hit on it. Winthrop's won eight straight. Those are the eight straight that Chase has been in the starting yeah, lineup. Yeah. And, and you wonder if – I mean, he was playing 25 minutes before mm -hmm. that, so it's it's not. It's like not like his minutes changed, but it's maybe how he was played a little bit. Well, I think that's a, or, or that's starting out with him, having him to start a game may have been part of that. Well, I think he gives you a different level of energy because yeah. he, he, you look up and he has four or six points. You've called no plays for him. He's caught. He's he's taken a charge. It's it, yeah. he makes those kind of momentum changing right. plays. And if you get some of those early in ball games, it can really change the tenor of the direction of a game. And I think the other thing with Chase Claxton, because he and Mike Anumba are yes. somewhat interchangeable defensively, and not to say that they're the same guy, but you can take one out and then the other guy is on the, the, the hot weapon of the other team. And Mike, or particularly Chase, Chase can go one through five. I mean, he can guard one through five in, in any lineup. That's a great, I was just getting ready to say, Mike can go one through four, depending on yeah. who that four right, is. Right. And Chase can go one through yeah, five. Right. And, and when you have two guys that can defend like that, right. it really helps. And I think the added piece, what makes them, when, when Winthrop, to me, is at their best defensively, it's when DJ Burns is engaged defensively. Yes. And he's on the back end yep. of that defense. Yep. And not necessarily doing much except for communicating yeah. and barking out to those guys what's coming, where the screens are, what they want to do, how they want to deal with switches. When he's engaged at that level, this team gets to another they take another step defensively, and it's mainly because of, obviously, his communication, 
and then the on-ball defense of guys like Micah Numba and Chase Claxton. And I think when you look at his, his rebounding numbers, sometimes that's indicative of how active he is playing defensively. Yes. And, and I forget the number because I looked at it. You know, when he has, like, more than five rebounds, I mean, Winthrop's winning probably 67, maybe 80% of those games. Yeah. So this would also be a good time to let people know to check WinthropEagles.com, uh, Winthrop Eagles' social media page because for the defense a Winthrop Sports Network production, uh, Dave and I act as producers, directors, editors, gaffers, lighters, best boys. Dave acts as a few of those occasionally. Yeah. Mike has put in So that heavy, I get the I get heavy. the executive producer, you're just a producer. You get any title you want. This is heavy lifting yeah. and it's unbelievable work. We we in the past have had some ideas. Sometimes people have run with them and sometimes they haven't. Right. Sometimes we've collaborated on projects and, and sometimes we haven't. Obviously everyone knows Winthrop's administration has gone in flux, we had an athletic director. We've had several interim athletic directors. I'm a big fan of Chuck Ray. He has come in and, and kind of given the leadership that you can give in the interim role. Well, and he's rolling his sleeves up and get you know trying right, to get, and he, get and stuff done. He's a done. bright guy. He's bright a thoughtful guy. guy. A lot of ideas. Yeah. But but that being said, he hasn't had the ability to hire a million people. Right. There was a hiring freeze during the pandemic, and. and there just, quite frankly, aren't the numbers of people, and particularly in the roles that we mm -hmm. interact with, yeah. the, the video and, and, and that sort of stuff. So we've taken on more this year. And by we, <laughs> I really mean you. <laughs> and, and no one told us we had to right, do right. No, we, we, a we stepped into this on our own. Project. Because it was either, either it wasn't going to get done or we could step in and try and do the best we could and try to elevate it to the level of quality that we want it to be. We had some help. Obviously, Everett Hutto, our good buddy uh, at, the S at the ACC Network at Wake Forest, he's, he kind of hel has helped us out with some guidance and some... Jeremy Winder. Jeremy Winder at, at CN2 has been huge. And, but, uh, and but it's been, I mean, and not to toot my own horn, but it's it's kind of helped me grow because I've, I've had to learn Premiere Pro, Adobe Premiere Pro, uh, Photoshop. I mean, I'm doing a lot more things. So it's, it, I'm getting skills out of it. But it, it's and it's fun. I, I enjoy it. But the the real stars of this thing are Michael Anumba and Chase Claxton. I mean, they were fantastic. And by the time this comes out, uh, part three will have rolled out, which is my um, favorite part. This is this is the best part about this thing, Reg. So the first two uh, parts for people that haven't seen it yet, uh, it's just them in their own words. And, and we did about two minute clips each, so it would fit uh, fit on Twitter. And it was country strong. The, the result, the end product was what I call country strong, which Thank is you. a good thing. Thank you. But coming up tomorrow, As Dave gives me the he he didn't look at me there. He well, was he peered across. Well, when me. you say country strong and you leave it hanging, I mean you might want to elaborate on what that well, means. Well, I, I know what it means. I'm 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 a southerner. I'm from yeah. Tennessee. You're, right, but not you're all a North Cal guy. Not all the listeners right. yeah, are. You're you're a West Coast guy. Pacheco's Northeast. Yep. So you know. But but it, trust me. If you if you know something about Winthrop, you know something about the South. Country strong makes sense. So we did about six minutes of them, uh, and we coordinated some video. Uh, I, we forgot to mention Matt Earps uh, and Mitch Hill, Mark Prosser, uh, you know, Mike and Chase, obviously. Everybody went through helping us out too. But uh, we, what we did is uh, Matt Earps is the video director, Reg, and we had him, in conjunction with Mike and Chase, put together about eight clips. And then we did a two-shot uh, or a single shot on each of them and then a two-shot. And then we did an overhead from the back, and then we, we actually did a screenshot of the video so we could match what they were seeing. Yep. And so that's coming out um, that's coming out on Thursday. And they they were terrific. It was and it was insightful. 
there's some there was some jabs in there. Um, my favorite is, and you'll have to watch it. But uh, Mike um, Mike talks about um, a certain play in that uh, a teammate of his uh, missed on a screen, and they call him out. And they, and they say, I didn't mean to throw him in the ditch there. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, well, but but the, right, and that's that's where and Mike, you and I have talked about this a lot on broadcast, right? When you when you get in the situations in your playing teams where they're running a lot of screen yeah. and roll, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of back screens, yeah. you have to have somebody. That's why yeah. I made the point about DJ Burns right. a few minutes ago. You have to have someone yeah. in the back that sees all of right, that right. and can talk. And then yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to communicate right, right there right. at the ball screen, the two guys involved. And so uh, it, now you haven't you haven't seen uh, part three yet, but that's almost word for word what they talk about well, in one what, of the clips. But that's yeah. what I think. Yeah. That's why I think yep. that – in, in particular, Winthrop is yeah. such a good team defensively. Yep. And guys like Micah Newman, Claxton in particular, do such a great job taking charges and those yeah. types of oh, things yeah, yeah. because they're talking, they're hearing, and yep. they're anticipating, yep. and they're moving one play ahead of the yep. basketball. Yep. But the project itself. So it was again, fun. I'm glad we did it. it, it you have and we kind of forced ourselves, you know, because we came up with the idea, and then we had to actually execute it, and Jeremy was terrific helping us with some of the camera yeah. stuff that we uh, – but, I mean, but probably the first week in February, maybe the second week, you and I had kind of talked about do we want to do something. Right, right. And, and in the past, we've done kind of features on guys like Keon Johnson and Xavier Cooks. We wanted to do something deep, different. We thought right. maybe we could shine a light on a, a different aspect of the program. But it's one thing to coordinate it and dream it up, and it's another thing to actually do it. And while I deserve a minimal amount of credit, and all the people we thanked certainly chipped in, y you did the project. Y you, you took all the video, and you put it into something. A and again, we've been at Winthrop a long time. We've been involved in a lot of things that I think are really special. Th this is the highest quality piece of work outside of the radio broadcast that we've ever done. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank the Academy, uh, my wife, Sam, my son, John. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do it without Reg and Dave. Well, anyway. It's really good. <laughs> to the people at home, when Dave said you, he definitely meant Mike, not Reggie, just to make <laughs> sure that's clear. No, yeah. and I spent a lot of time on this. I mean, it was uh, and you can tell. a lot of late nights, but it was fun. It was good. I liked it. I mean, it's it was a good uh, – it was a good, uh, it was a good exercise. But you know, the, they are really the stars of the show. I mean, they, they were terrific, and they made it. Well, I mean, we, we, technically, it's going to be good, but their content is what's going to make it really good. But it's hard to find a team. Again, we've been around this program a long time. We've been around terrific defenders. Mantoris Robinson might be the best defender in the history of the university. Joey Jerome was a right. really good defender. Terrific. Josh Davenport was really an good. excellent defensive player. I don't know that we've ever had a two tandem. players simultaneously. Right, right, right. And but in over a couple of years, I mean, this isn't like... Right, and the reason they're so valuable is they don't care about anything right, other right. than winning than the winning. game. Right. The, the, the stat line doesn't really matter. There are very, very few, if any, plays ever run for them. It's simply making stops gritting your teeth, rolling up your shorts, and playing defense. Uh, there's there's only one thing that I think I've seen Micah Numa get as upset about when he gives up b points. Yeah. Don't let him miss a free throw. Right. He can't yeah, he gets, stand yeah, missing yeah, yeah, a free yeah. throw. 
And, and Claxton's the same way. If he gives up or misses a rotate later on, anything defensively doesn't go right. Those guys are hard on themselves, yeah. but I think that's what makes them so good, and those are the types of guys you want to have on your basketball team. Now, on a lighter note, if you're coming to Bochengles Arena to watch Winthrop play on Friday, and if they win on Saturday, and if they win on Sunday, we hit a, a good little spot that you and I, Mike, had never been to before for lunch wow. today. Mm. Brooks Sandwich Shop. Uh, it's a local institution. Uh, it's a little four-corner brick cylinder type building, um, but it's like homemade food. The, the burgers are like what you would make in your own backyard. And, you know, there's a little, uh, for Charlotte people, there's a little bit of tragedy there. I think it was three years ago, Scott Brooks, who was one of the owners, uh, was shot in a, in a robbery attempt at closing time. So it was really hard on his family. And, and you know, Reg, you were working in news at the time. I mean, the, the community really kind of, galvanized around yeah. around him and the family and yeah because there, there was at, I know at one point there was some talk about maybe closing the business yeah. and the community was basically like no we're not going to let you yeah, leave yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's huge right when you find small business owners yeah. and operators that the community really rallies behind uh, again it was a, it was tough it was a uh, I can tell you as, as someone who worked in news and had to produce yeah. reports on it and deal with reporters and live shots about the story it was harrowing, man. Yeah. It, it made you think about so many things of just being able to sort of mm -hmm. go to work every day, yeah. right? And, right? And and there were times, there have been times in my career, and, and we've all done it, right? You're, you're either, uh, you know, you, you're traveling and you're, you're getting out of arenas really late to go, and then you got to travel back home. All these types of things kind of run through your mind. But I will say, it, to your point, Mike, Brooks Sandwich Shop, excellent food, That's excellent terrific. food. And I'll say this, the price, the price point for what you get, yeah. right, in terms of the quality and the, yeah, the taste, the taste yeah. is tremendous. I'll say this, too, and I, and I think this is an important piece because for anybody that knows Charlotte, it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's on the fringe of Noda, but it's on, you know, kind of close to one of the edges of Noda, the Belmont community. And um, that area is going through extreme gentrification. Yes. Uh, entire neighborhoods are, are being flipped over. And, and and we're seeing this on the business side as well. You know, Price's Chicken Coop, which was an, an institution yes. here in Charlotte, in South End, you know, that, that's gone by the wayside. Zach's, which is a burger place that was family-owned, I think, for 50 or 60 this years, This is too. better than Zach's. Just like no, no, it's, no, it is, but but that still was still a popular... It was a great, it was a great greasy spoon-type yeah, yeah. place. But, but we're losing those hundred, type of places. No, oh, there's no question. There's no question. But but having been to Zach's, and I enjoyed it, and now having gone to Brooks... Oh, yeah, Brooks I is 10 times Brooks better. Brooks is better. Yeah, 10 times better. And I'm, ash I'm ashamed that I haven't been there before. Uh... It's a little bit for me. It's a little bit on the other side of town because you know, South Charlotte. Yeah, you and I are South Charlotte guys. You know, Dave's now you know an uptown guy, so you know he should be going there a lot more. I I will be going there a lot more. Do we want to hit on anything else, Big South tournament or college basketball wise, before we shift gears? I, I th look, the one thing I would I would say is to anybody well, over the next really week and a half, two weeks, right? I'm not even talking about the men's basketball championship. Yeah. Conference championships, watch a lot of basketball. Yeah. Find out who teams are, number one. And number two, have some fun because yeah. there's going to be some chaos. There's going to be some plays made that you ask yourself, man, yeah. I didn't. I had no idea. Right. Why didn't I know that this player or these teams can do some of these things? So I would just encourage anybody, watch as much basketball as you can. 
Have fun enjoying it. You're going to see some upsets. You're going to see some blowouts. You're going to see some great plays, but you're going to see a whole lot of basketball. That sounds like a guy that weeks. watched Fairleigh Dickinson and Central <laughs> Connecticut State yeah, on Monday night. Two teams yeah, that combined yeah. for 11 wins. I think it was 11 and 34 Season going into the game. The I'm locked in, baby. But you, you talk about you talk about that now. I'm Dave, a junkie. Dave's been doing that since November 3rd. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and, and look, that's what. But the, 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 but that us three sitting here, right? We. This is what we do. We, yeah. we we watch as much as we can because we enjoy sports. We enjoy college athletics, college football, college basketball, which is – I think this year, guys, I think this year, conference tournaments all the way through the men's basketball championship, I think this has got a chance to be one of the more wild and chaotic years we've ever seen. But at the end of the day – we're going to crown a champion, and that's what everybody asked for. Is it going to be from a conference like the Pac-12 that hasn't won one since the mid-'90s or the Big Ten that hasn't won one in over 20 years? Well, it depends. I mean, if, if Arizona plays the way we know that they're capable of, yes, they can cut down the nets. If, you know, if Purdue – what I always loved about Matt Painter's teams and Matt Painter's program, he never deviates, right? He's always going to play through a big guy, and, he, and they can go. And so it's going to be interesting to see can Purdue – play at that level all the way through the tournament and make a deep run. They're good enough out of the Big Ten. And, guys, look, I know they haven't looked great some nights. As long as Tom Izzo is walking up and down a sideline, yeah. I'm not counting Michigan State out of making some kind of a wild run. And this has got to be one of the best atmospheres that we've ever done a bearded car cast. You got the Hampton cheer cheerleaders, the cheer squad, the Hampton pep band playing behind us. And, Hampton, and it's unfortunate they're going to be leaving the league because well, they're Hampton, the best Hampton band Hampton in the league. Hampton allowed an 18-0 run yeah. in the late stages of the first half. They trail high point by 11 at halftime. I'm wondering if we can pay the band to stick around for the games <laughs> on Friday. They can play yeah. for, for all four no of the kidding. games on Friday. They I are love it. so good. So good. I, I tell you, I, speaking of bands, and I think the state of Virginia might have the market cornered on pet bands. Okay. And the other one that's really good, I saw them a couple of years ago uh, down at, at, at a tournament in, in Charleston. The Green Machine from George Mason. Oh, they yeah, are yeah, yeah. really, really good. That's a really good J basketball pet band. JMU has a really good basketball pet band. So you might be on to something I, in, in the state of Virginia. One of my good friends was a part of their pet band a long time ago, early 2000s. He was a part of that basketball pet band at JMU. So the history and lineage I know a little bit about. Okay, do you feel like since we have Reg here, yes. we should ask one or two football questions, Absolutely. or is it outside of the season, and we'll get to that some other time? Let's just maybe just one question. Okay, one we'll, two, we'll, one e two. we'll each ask one. Okay, okay. we'll Good. each ask one. Who's Aaron Rodgers going to play for next year? I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Green Bay Packer next year, or he's not going to be in the NFL. That's what I think. I, I just first of all, if you're unless you're very very close which is probably two or three teams, Tampa Bay being one of them. Why would you trade him in the conference? Um, and maybe Denver. Outside of that, if you're that close, okay. But everybody else, you're going to need the draft picks that you got to give up for Aaron to, to put the other pieces around him, number one. Number two, Aaron Rodgers is still 37, 38 years old. Mm -hmm. It's not like he's going to play. Look, I know Tom Brady was on his Benjamin Button kick. I don't expect <laughs> to see Aaron Rodgers play until he's 44. Right, right. Week one in Charlotte, who starts under center for the Panthers? You stole I stole my question. Uh, okay, good, perfect. I, I think Sam Darnold is going to be still on the roster, and he's going to yeah. start. Him and that eighteen million dollar, that eighteen million dollar option they picked up is is this is what's that's what's eating. And and here's the other piece of it: 
what capital do you have to trade for another quarterback? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's why another right. another person I think they have to keep this offseason, they got to find a way to bring Gilmore back. Yeah. You gave up picks for him. Right. You give up picks for him and Sam Darnold, and those guys are not on your football team this season. What did you do? That That's not But effective. you don't want to compound the problem. If Sam Darnold isn't good enough, if you've determined that he's not your guy, why are you wasting another year? Because you can't do the same thing you did last year, which is have $50 million in dead cap money and a bad yeah, quarterback. You can't, you can't be if paying you cut him, that him much, now, yeah. that's a $19 million yeah. cap hit, and you're still going to have, yeah. because you're still not going to go be, be able to go get a really good right. quarterback unless you start cutting some really good players on defense, yeah. and you ain't going to win anyway. Well, and, you know, and David Tepper, and, you know, th this has not been um, reexamined because I don't think he has talked in a while, but his philosophy isn't, He's not a guy that wants to tank. I mean, he wants to win now. Now, that may change. I mean, circumstances may change, but. Let me say this. I, I, I want to make, because this is a very important point to, to your point you were making there. He took this football team over. The last two years of Ron Rivera, they fell apart down the stretch. I know a lot of guys on that staff, so I feel comfortable saying they fell apart down the stretch. The first two years of Matt Rule, they have fallen apart down the stretch. Mm -hmm. It's The roster's not good enough. And until you accept that you need to turn over more than just, oh, we just got to get a quarterback. It's more than that. Football is the ultimate team sport. And if you don't turn that roster over from a roster that's had its struggles over the last four or five years, you're going to continue to get the same results. I want to talk about baseball before sure, let's talk we about baseball. Absolutely. finish things up. Let's chop it up. Chop, chop. I, I've talked to a handful of friends over the last several days. Every one of them reminds me that when they met me Everything was baseball all the time. My favorite sport, my career goal, all I wanted to do is be around baseball. Mm -hmm. I have become so dismayed mm -hmm. with baseball mm -hmm. over the last, let's call it, five yeah. to ten years. Yeah. And I, I don't care if they are locked out for a year or if they play on opening day. If they don't change things, and I don't mean the stuff that they're fighting over. I mean the game itself. That's right. The pace of play stuff, the strikeouts and the home run stuff. I, I think they have lost a lot of young people, and I think they are in pretty significant trouble from becoming irrelevant. I think they're generally the NHL at this point. Well, they're, they're behind the NHL. I, I, I said, sorry to cut you off, yeah, Mike, go ahead. I'm going to make this point real quick. Going into the pandemic, the commissioner that got no love was NHL. Yeah. Right? When you yeah. talk about the yeah. big four. Yeah. The Gary NH Bettman. Gary Bettman was in trouble. Yeah. Coming out of the pandemic, Rob Manford is at the back of the line, oh. and this lockout has made it even worse. But the lockout isn't even about the problems. I, I don't disagree with that. You're 100% No, right. but but they combine the problems because, and we talked about this, too, and we can go back to, like to season yep. one or season two. I said back then, Reg, that baseball was becoming the NHL, becoming extremely regional. Like Dave said, when I moved here, there were a lot of people in Charlotte. There were still a lot of baseball fans. People would go down to Atlanta. Braves and this double. is still a, a decent-sized market for Atlanta. The average person, there's just so much going on now, they don't care as much. And unless you grew up in a major league city or somehow have an, a, an affiliation with a team, you're not as into baseball as, as you were 10 years ago. And the rise of major league soccer uh, they should be extremely concerned about that. Well, that, that all of that is true, and I think part of that, right, is because 
what, one of the things they're arguing over is the what they call the competi competitive, competitive balance tax. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it's a luxury tax to try to keep everybody in the same area, get teams to spend around the same amount of money. To, well, let's to, call it what it is. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a backwards, it's, it's a backhanded salary cap. It's, it's, the, it is. it's the owners giving a hedge for themselves because they can't control themselves. Well, it, what it is, is it, part of the problem is, and the Padres and the Yankees were the only two that exceeded that number this yeah. year, this past season. But part of it has been, for some people in some markets, their team's never generally competitive because they just don't have the money to spend, right. which goes back to the regional point you made. Well, in the, the, in the teams it, that won't even spend the minimum. Correct. And getting back to Dave's point about basically the, the way the game is played, one of the things that and, and in my everyday job we deal with and talk about this kind of stuff every day, and one of the things I always say is whatever you're preaching, you better listen to it yourself, right? And Major League Baseball keeps talking about we need to get our fan base younger. Well, the other thing you have to know about the younger fan base is their attention span is shorter. So giving me a four-and-a-half-hour long game, yeah. to Dave's point, with 19 pitching changes after the sixth inning. And no action. When, it, when no action, when it's already 10-30, and my best player is either going to hit a home run, which for a lot of people is great, or strike out. But let's do the math. 50 home runs out of 400 at bats. If you got 200 strikeouts and 50 home runs, yeah, you're exciting 50 times. Well, there's a whole bunch of other times where kids don't want to watch that. And so, to the point, you're right. The game has to speed up. There's got to be more action. I'm one of those old school guys. I like the old Vince Coleman, uh, yeah, uh, put the ball in play. You know, Tim Raines type of guys. Kenny Lofton, put it on the ground, leg it out, steal second, steal third. Sack fly brings you home. Create some more movement action in the ball game. Well, guys don't want to – they'd rather foul off a pitch and try and get a better pitch instead of putting a ball in play, moving a guy over a score guy. I, I think the, the bigger problem, though, is, you know – And that comes from analytics, by the way. There's no – right. I know, I know. There's no um, – now, this may develop when they get back into playing, right? But at least in 94, going into 95, you had Cal Ripken's streak. You had something that kind of galvanized the sport. Brought it back. What, what's, what's, what's there right now that, that could – Reg and I don't have children. You have a son that is the mm. perfect age that baseball needs him as a fan. Right. And I, I don't know the answer to this. Does he play or watch baseball? Um, he doesn't play anymore. Um, COVID kind of hurt. Like, we, we, yep. we couldn't, you know, so. Um, and I don't know that, you know, it would have been hard for him to make the high school team. I know he's a big football fan. Big football fan. He actually does enjoy baseball. He doesn't, like, he, but he's not going to, he'll watch, um, you know, like when you go to, like, YouTube. Uh, or not YouTube. You go to uh, like Yahoo Sports, and yep. you can watch. He'll watch like the game recaps. He he's still because of but being he's a Red not Sox fan. Through but he's not. I mean, he's not like you as a kid, or me as a kid, or you or as me. a kid. Like you know, like he's not sitting on a couch on a Saturday afternoon watching three games, yeah, or yeah. one game, or one game, and or I, three innings. Right. He's and, just watching the. Highlights. Now he might watch a Red Sox Yankees game, or if I'm watching it, but he's not going to put it on by himself. But it's also interesting what you said earlier about the, you guys were talking about the sport becoming regionalized, and and Mike, you mentioned. Uh, MLS, the rise of MLS. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would say, remember, we're sitting in Charlotte. 15 years ago, Charlotte was, watch the Braves, baseball town. Right. Now there's kids around here, they go play hockey. Yeah. Okay, so not only are you battling. Or video games. Video games. Right, that too. But not only are you battling MLS and soccer, which is a prevalent yeah, yeah, sport yeah. In, this, in this area as well. Now you got to fight Lacrosse. kids from the south. Yeah. Kids from the south. I know people from Texas. There's a guy that, that I used to work with from Dallas. He grew up playing hockey, not baseball. When you see that moving to the south, right, because hockey's been known, northern sport, cold weather, ice, right. all that. When it moves south like that and kids are putting down the baseball bat to pick up the hockey stick, 
that, that's another factor but in the, what's happening with Major League Baseball. And, right and specialization. I mean, a kid now a kid now had to choose maybe at 15 or 16 to go to one sport. Correct. If he, ha if, if he even had to choose. Now that choice is if you're not on a club lacrosse team or an AAU basketball team at 9 or 10. That's right. I just – like the, the, and again, there, it's an economics thing that – the union and the owners are arguing about its expanded playoffs and the DH and just kind of. But I think it's hard for people to get past, like, and, and I don't know who's at fault or if anybody's at fault, right? But, like, if you can't share $2 billion in revenues, you know, I, I mean, that's the hard. Th I don't disagree with that. But us three sitting here that are 35 plus, we have an issue with that. A 16, 15, no, they don't care. 14 yeah, year yeah, old yeah. kid. They're just saying, I want the game back they and I want it to be good. But that. You hit but the 35-year-olds are paying for the 18-year-olds to go. If play. you're a 35 <laughs> or you're 15 or you're 55, it's hard to watch the game and say it's good. Agreed. The sport sucks. It stinks. You play three and a half hours. The ball is if never in play. Well, and our attention yeah. spans as a society it's, is It's home down. run derby. So answer this question. And, again, this is not what they're arguing about, and, therefore, it's not what they're going to fix. Right. Why can't we have a hard pitch clock, okay? A hard pitch clock. Pitcher gets the ball, has to throw. If you want to step out of the box, go ahead and step out, but when the pitcher's ready to throw, he can throw the baseball. Boom, 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 boom. If a pitcher wants to come in from the bullpen, there are no warm-up tosses. Clay Thompson doesn't get to take jump shots when he enters the game and mm. they hit the horn. Why does the game have to be so slow? But I think I, the other problem... I don't get to backpedal yeah. when I come into the game in football either. Yeah. I don't get to do 15 yards of backpedal. I'm on the field and i got to make a play. Yeah, but I, I think the bigger problem is philosophy and analytics, right? Like, what you're saying is correct, but what, what you're saying is you're, you're cutting down the amount of time so a guy can foul off, you know, you'll have like eight, nine, ten pitch at bats. That's fine. That, no, but that wears time. That, that's a, that's, but, the, but that, no but that's one a fouls big balls off anymore. Everyone strikes out. Well, that, that's, that, that's legit. That's it's a legit not, point. No, but I hear what you there, mean. There's, you're still going to have long at bats is what yes. you're saying. I mean, there have always been long at bats. That's fine. Here are the two things that need to be done, in my opinion. You need a I think what you're saying is just as what, all the games I've watched, I don't have any data to support what I'm about to say. I agree with you, but I think it's a combination of the both of what we're saying because just what you're saying alone will speed it up three minutes because that's what they, they did that like three years no, ago. No, I think it speeds it up a half hour. There's no stepping out of the box. There's a hard pitch clock. The clock hits zero. Game, game times, game times. Not if they enforce a hard pitch clock. They were pretty hard that first year. No, no, they've never been hard. I'll tell you it this. needs to be an automatic. I don't need to be watching dudes fix their batting gloves seven times in an inning. There's no stepping out of that. the box. No stepping out. They also need to either back up the fences by 30 or 50 feet or raise them by 10 or 15 feet. The home run That's is That's going to be hard to do in some sport. parks. Yeah. Because you're going to take seats out. Sure. No one's selling out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Only the Yankees and Red Sox sell out. Only the Dodgers and Padres sell out. Everyone else has fifteen thousand yep, yep, empty yep, seats. Yep, right, but I don't know if the Yankees I don't want, sell I don't out either because those home plate seats are about no, fifty thousand no, no, dollars. No, but you can get more money for those home run seats than I mean. And unfortunately, you can't tear out the seats in the back. Right, but I, don't know. I or then change the baseball. The, the the ball is hit over the fence 
too much or not hit. There is a way to change that. It's either backing up the fences, making the yeah, wall higher, yeah. changing the baseball so you deaden it a little bit. The, the home run, though, where there's Remember no Remember they did action. that, was it last year or two years ago, they did the, the dead ball and everybody was complaining there weren't enough home runs. Well, everyone complains about everything yeah. all the time. But the game takes too long and there's not enough action. And they're probably not going to fix it. And my guess is that baseball is about to continue a trend of it's less important than the NFL draft, it's less important than the World Cup, it's less important than the Olympics, and 25 or 30 years from now, it's a niche sport. It's going to exist, people are going to watch it, it's yeah. going to produce revenue, but the World Series, which at one time was the premier sporting event, is just a game. Here's a prime example uh, to what you're saying right there, Dave, is number one, to the point of the importance, Joe Buck is considering leaving Fox. Mm. Even Giving though he's up the, the voice series. of the World Series. Yep. Just to call Monday Night Football. Yeah. So that's number one. And the other piece of that, to your point about the potential for a niche sport, let's remember this. The regional sports networks, which is how baseball is on TV for yeah. the most part, yeah. Yeah. those are on life support at best. Right. If those go away, who's watching baseball and all this money they're fighting over, where is it coming from? Well, it's a little bit like the NASCAR. Like One of the things that helps NASCAR is they have – they have t inventory the TV needs when yep. there's not much going on, that's and right. that's what keeps baseball afloat is these RSNs because there's all that time in the summer they're filling, which is why radio stations used to love having be the flagship for a major league baseball team is because it would it would it, they would be rev they'd create revenue in non-traditional revenue times because you'd be you know seven eight o'clock at night you're making money whereas you know if it's you didn't gonna have be a baseball hard team, to keep that revenue I agree. stream up though I agree. as young people become old yeah. people and young right. people stop watching baseball and I, stop listening to baseball well, on radio and I, my fear is that baseball and I don't mean major league baseball I, I think baseball is an industry yeah uh, kind of has their head in the sand a little bit I don't I don't think they're doing anything uh, or I think they could do more to, to address some of these root problems there's I, a whole I, lot of people in the industry to your point Mike they need to look in the mirror. Yeah, you you gotta self-assess. I think the game though that Reggie wants, the Mookie Wilson yeah. game, the Kenny Lofton game, the Willie Wilson game, the Ricky Henderson game, you can get that game back. That that game is available to be played. You just have to make changes to force the action. When you allow every other scoring play to be a home run, there's no reason to have that. It's like the three-point line. Well, I mean, it's. That, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Well, I got another one for you to add to that, right? To Dave's point, right? What do we talk about? What do we hear all the time about basketball and football? They're more athletic. They're more athletic. They're more athletic than ever. And in baseball, all we hear is, well, these guys are bigger. Yeah. Because it's all about the home run. Right. And, and so you can't tell me if you get some of these, quote, better athletes right, than they were of yesteryear to get on a baseball and diamond that's exactly and run right. the base And that, the analytics of it say, it's better to hit 220 and 45 home runs than 320 home runs. But you can change that narrative very easily by making it more difficult to hit a home run. That and, number two, guess what? That, that might be the analytical rule, but let's take it back to basketball, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years ago when they moved the three-point line in the NBA. And all yeah. those, as, as Charles Barkley said, it's a whole bunch of bad players trying to shoot threes. <laughs> right now in baseball, it's a whole bunch of bad hitters trying to hit home runs. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and that's part of the problem is everyone does it because that's what analytics say try to do. And so you're lessening someone's ability instead of and it would be allowing the, same the effect, middle though. game skill. When you, when you made the three-point line longer, 
you opened up more space in the lane, and that made post players more valuable because they had more room to work. It's the same thing in baseball. If you back up the fences and you create more of a field to deal with, all of a sudden, your doubles hitters have more room to hit those balls. That's why Ossie well, Smith was so good at the old Bush Stadium. Yep, it covered was a so much ground. It was a outfield, and he could just slap one in the gap and run for a month. And he was so valuable because yeah. defensively, he could cover so much ground. Yes, right. And I think the other thing, when they'll never do this, but, you know, let, uh, shorten the time between innings. Now, yeah. granted, that's commercial inventory, so you don't want to mess with that. Yeah, but, but it doesn't need to be three minutes. It could be two and a half. Yeah, but if you want, I think in baseball it's well, two minutes. But And they can do it because soccer generates billions yeah. of dollars without having commercial breaks during it. You can do all of those little tricks to the trade where you show well, I think three the quarters though, of the screen and you have a sponsor. Yeah, but in America, elements. I think the problem is, uh, and it would have to do some tinkering. Is in television you can get away with it because you can do a split screen. You could you could you right. could cut away. Radio you can't. And you know radio. There's still a lot of radio money out there. It's not you know what it used to be yeah, maybe. That but TV money's about to go away. So yeah. you do whatever you got to do in radio and keep it moving. Well, that was a great conversation, Reg. As always, thanks for joining the Bearded Car Cast. Want to thank the Hampton cheerleaders, the Hampton uh, Pep Band for giving us uh, some good background music. And watch watch the. The, the videos on winthropeoples.com yes. or Winthrop social media channels. They they really are well done. And go to Brooks. If you're in Charlotte, uh, try to Brooks Sandwich Shop if yeah. you haven't done it yet. I agree. And, and the last thing I would tell people, anybody that's podcasting out there, uh, be like the Bearded Car Cast. Be like Mike and Dave. One take. <laughs> I'm going to end on that note. Thanks for listening at Bearded Car Cast. So you follow along, Bearded Car Cast at Outlook.com. Until next time, we'll see you, everybody.